Arboria. Welcome to Yeah But the podcast. My name is Vivian Gabor, and I'm so excited. You all have no idea. Um, I have. Oh, I'm I'm so excited. <laughs> I get to sit down with two of my favorite people, two incredible artists, two just fun, amazing people in the world. And if you don't know them, I'm so glad I get to introduce them to you. Please welcome Sigourney Beaver and Mick Douche. Hello. Hey. Ta-da. <laughs> How is it going? How is the pandemic how are you? serving you today? <laughs> oh, how isn't it serving me every day? <laughs> We're good. We're good. We have lots of snow today in Chicago. Um, not nearly as bad as all the snow that New York got a little while ago. I mean, it wasn't bad. It's, it's gone got now. So. Buried, right? <laughs> So quick? Only, I, I mean, buried, I guess, is an understatement to me, but to a lot of people, they were like, this is so much snow. I, I lived in Montana for three years, so. Oh, yeah. Oh. No means nothing to me anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, That's we got, like, You put the no in snow. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it feels for me, too, growing up in mostly northern Minnesota to come to Chicago. A little yeah. bit of ice is nothing, but here it seems like the end of the world to the folks driving in the city. Oh my God. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Like we didn't get garbage service for like a week and a half because the the, the guys no. driving the trucks were like, we can't drive in, in snow, even though the entire thing's been plowed by the garbage <laughs> trucks. So they know exactly what the streets are like. I don't know. Yeah. Listen, it's... if I had to drive a garbage truck in any kind of weather condition, I'd also be having a hard time. Oh, they're big. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all are in Chicago. Y'all are both drag artists. Yeah. Um, do you mind starting telling... us off by <laughs> starting us <laughs> off by just telling us a little bit about yourselves, about like where you grew up, how you got into the art, etc. Oh no. Sig, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Oh, I can do it. I don't I I love to dish out my life story to anyone who will listen. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see. I I do drag. I always wanted to do drag from the time that I first saw a drag queen when I was very young, which was on TV. So yes, this is all of my mom's fault. Um I <laughs> started doing drag uh, I think like five-ish years ago. Um I don't remember what the other questions were, but <laughs> what was it? Well, you did burlesque before How you started start on drag, drag, didn't you? See, and this is this is where it gets thick. <laughs> was that I wanted to do drag. 
Um, the place that I lived in at the time said no. They said it would be an embarrassment. It would be, um, oh my God, what did they say? It would be um, distasteful for me to do drag if I wasn't um, swapping gender. It would be a slap in the face to all of these other, oh, 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 they let me have it. Wow. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> complex, I got it. But, <laughs> but I, had to, I had to do burlesque to like break into it and do that. So finally, after like a year of like uh, flopping my titties around on a dirty stage for nothing, they did allow me to do drag. And um, I've been flopping my titties around on a dirty stage in a wig ever since. <laughs> Ta -da. I, I feel like that's the best description of both burlesque and drag that I've ever heard. And I relate to it so much. <laughs> Thank you. And yeah, what about I, you, Mick? For me, I, uh, I didn't see drag on TV. It wasn't really something that I was exposed to. It wasn't until I moved to Utah and I saw a few drag performers that were drag queens on the stage. However, even at that time, I'd never seen a drag king, hadn't really thought about it until one of my friends was doing a fundraiser for Transgender Day of Remembrance. And I wanted to be a part of the variety show, but at the time I was really uncomfortable with my singing voice still, despite gosh despite years of voice lessons and being a good contralto I still <laughs> hated it because it didn't sound the way I thought I should sound mm. and I really didn't know what else I could do but I'd been cast as men in plays before so I decided that I would try being a drag king for the first time mm -hmm. I did everything in the least safe ways possible and then didn't do it again for years until I got to Iowa City and there's that whole Bell family there in Iowa City and I was encouraged by folks like Roxy Mess and Mindy Bell to try doing drag king in a gay bar uh, in a more traditional drag scene. Yeah. What do you mean by um, in the most unsafe ways possible? <laughs> well, so the thing, this is, this is like a long thing to unpack, but mm -hmm. when drag, when in like 2011, when I was trying to do drag, there were already a lot of guides online for drag queens about here's how you can do makeup, here's how you can do XYZ. That wasn't there for drag kings. So drag kings were doing shit like wrapping themselves in ace bandages because I guess that's how it works or applying duct tape to their chest. And some still do because certain mm. high, high profile people still encourage duct tape as the binding method, which is so awful <laughs> for you. And there's better ways. Yeah. Uh, and so I used saran wrap and ace bandages to bind myself. Just about oh my the most God. dangerous way you could bind possible. But in high school theater, a few, like about a decade before that, that's what I had been encouraged to do for binding by like mm -hmm. cishet people. Uh, I glued on trimmings of my own hair as like facial hair. And it was like, <laughs> it, it just, it sucks. It fucks up your skin so bad. Mm. Uh, and and so there's a lot of choices like that, that it's like, I just have no one to guide me. The internet was no help. And uh, I don't know, I, in a long story short, that's also why I get mad when queens shit on drag kings for their style, because I'm like, you're not willing to teach them and you're unwilling to recognize that there's not tutorials widely available online up until the last like two, three years. Yeah, that's completely fair. I feel like I, I've, as, as someone who, so when I was in Seattle, I used to um, book and produce and run a show well, I hosted karaoke twice a week, but I hosted a show um, every other week. Okay. Um, and I always tried to make sure there were kings involved, but finding finding kings who um, 
who were willing to like be on stage and who were willing to like put themselves out there was really difficult Mm -hmm. because a lot of them had kind of come up against a lot of people telling them that they shouldn't do that. And there was a lot of that kind of pressure. And so trying to like coax them to be like, no, do it because the more you do it, the better you'll get Mm -hmm. was really hard. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's interesting too, because I, like, I love connections that I used to perform at. I love the crowd but the bar itself would treat Kings as a pre-show. So we weren't mm. allowed to be in the main showcast show in the evening for a long time, but we were allowed to have a show at eight or nine o'clock before the main show to bring bodies in, but we weren't going to get paid for it. It was going to be tip only. And what began to happen at the bar is we would have a huge turnout for this King show that we'd all advertise. I'll put a lot of work into, and then they'd leave right after our show. And so the bar would make a ton of money and then we'd get paid nothing. So then we eventually got the bar to let us charge a $2 cover for the show that we were promoting. And uh, that's when we finally started to get paid for it. But yeah, it was, it was an uphill battle. Yeah. It's, it's definitely an unappreciated art form. Um, And it made me so happy. Um, I don't know. I don't know your feelings on Dragula, but it made me so happy to see um, Landon on that show and really get to talk about that side of drag <laughs> yeah no, i was really glad to see landon on there there couldn't be a better king and not just art wise but also like person wise like landon's yeah. a the great... sweetest muffin oh yeah and, <laughs> and an incredible artist yeah oh like, amazing truly. talented mm-hmm. um so Sigourney, tell me a little bit about how you created your drag character. Because I oh think you're, I, I love your drag. I mean, the first time <laughs> I met you was, I believe, at DragCon. You. you were that working the right, wigs yeah. and grace booth. And you, uh-huh. I actually have the wig that I bought sitting up there. You can't see it, but. <laughs> Which wig? Oh, you here, can't tease me like that. Which one is it? Was, it? It's it's that one. The it's like the dark rooted into the blue and gold color. But <gasps> oh, it's like that caviar one. Oh uh-huh. my god, beauty! <laughs> I'm so jealous. It's so cute. I'm I've been so hair hungry lately. I just want a bunch of nice new wigs. Oh, Anyways. So much <laughs> Um, drag character. Well, I would also just like to piggyback off of mixed comedy is also the fault of high school theater and um, having to take this art form to validate my failed high school theater career um, has been truly an artistic experience. But I don't know. I, I kind of, I hear things all the time about people being like, oh, like it's so hard to uh, to like make a brand or like um, like know like a style and taste for myself like as a drag performer. And I just, I just always picked things that I liked and it kind of worked out, I guess. I, I don't know. I always was really drawn to um, take a lot of inspiration from uh, like comic book, um, like female supervillains, like I just want to look like that all the time. I want to look like snatched, but like evil, um, or a lot of um, 
<laughs> a lot of like art that you would find on like the front of like slot machines in a casino, like, you know, like a babe laying around a bunch of money. Also, um, a big draw from me. <laughs> but I guess I always just wanted to kind of have, um, I, I wanted to find ways that I could harness my own power and oh, this is about to get stupid and deep. Um, but like, you know, like being, being raised as a woman in society, like all of my value is based off of how I look. And so, you know, the more that I look pleasing to people, the more that I'm listened to or that I do have control and power. And uh, that's something that's so, oh, it just keeps getting deeper. That's something that's just so difficult being um, someone who is like a high femme, um, AFAB in a gay bar. Like, damn, I get treated like shit. <laughs> There's places that I walk in, I can't even get a drink. But uh, if yeah. I'm in full ass drag, they part like the Red Sea. It's incredible. I I get it. I don't get it, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because so it, it's actually interesting. To, I just, I just wanted to, uh, to just feel like just disgustingly beautiful <laughs> and to just walk out and command respect and attention, period. And mm. I like to wear a corset. That's it. That's as, yeah. e it's as easy as that, guys. <laughs> but that drink thing is very real. Because oh, yeah. Sig and I can walk into the same bar at the same time, stand next to each other, and I'll get served. Okay. Then they'll walk away and not serve her until about 20 minutes later. So usually oh I'll God. order drinks for both of us mm -hmm. at certain bars. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean they, per they perceive her as the bachelorette who's lost her party. Oh, oh I hate that. I mean, and I, don't I, I look the part? <laughs> 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 I mean, I, I've experienced a little of that as a fat person in a gay bar. Oh, yeah. I yeah. often have to like push my way to the bar and be like, Hey, I've been yeah. standing here for 20 minutes. I need yeah. a fucking drink. But when I'm in drag, I can walk yeah. up and just everyone starts catering to me. Uh -huh. And I'll, I'll like go and perform and people will want to talk to me and I'll be in full like corseted everything and they'll love me. Yeah. And then I'll go to the dressing room. I'll keep my mug on, but I'll go to the dressing room, take uh, off my body, body, take off my clothes, walk back out in like regular dumpy me and no one will but talk to me again. Yeah. Still in face. Yeah. But, but still, still with makeup on, so people know exactly who I am, <laughs> and suddenly I'm no longer interesting because I don't have a corset on. <laughs> now listen, I think that you walking around in human clothes and a full fucking beat is very interesting, and I, I would pay you attention. <laughs> I do it constantly. I mean, makeup is my favorite part of drag, and I will... I, I used to do my makeup as quickly as possible and just like get it over with. And now I'm, I've definitely graduated into the whole, like, I'm going to like turn on something to watch and just sit there and take three Ooh, hours. You make, get a whole ritual. Yeah. <laughs> it's an experience. Yeah. I like that. Well, and you've got a great beat too. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Great mug, yes. <laughs> I always accept compliments. Um, I know so much, obviously being a queen, I know a lot about how queens put their bodies together. I don't know a lot about kings and how you figure out your shape, though. 
Oh, I mean, honestly, a lot of that comes down to what your physical body can do. Mm. Some, like some folks, like I, uh, like I, there are kings that are really, really great, really well-respected entertainers who do not bind at all. Like Tenderoni, for instance, does not wear a binder. Hmm. And, and yet people will sit here and say, to be a great king, you have to wear a binder. And I'm like, uh, excuse me, <laughs> you just paid Tender how much money for your show? And now you're going to tell us we're supposed to bind? Like, no, no, clearly you don't care about the binding as much as you pretend you do. Mm. Like it's about, and that's, that's something that I think in drag king culture is interesting is sometimes like folks like me will, will really want a very masculine shape to the extent it's possible. But then there are limitations. Like there's no way to hide my hips unless I pad my entire torso. Mm. And that's just not going to be possible and comfortable in a bar. (laughs) So I I just don't like it sucks, but I'm going to be walking around with a big hips and big butt and people can deal with it. Uh, hey, gladly. With like kings binding, <laughs> like if it's hurting a king to bind, don't bind. Don't mm. do that to yourself. It's not worth it. Uh, some folks will open chest binds. Some folks will just wear sports bras. Some folks will wear binders. Uh, the, right now, there's this like chest plate type thing that's been getting popular with kings to wear. That's a silicone yeah. stretchy plate, and that's cool and all, but it really only fits smaller sizes. Like it, mm. it's like a one size fits all, and I'm. I'm like on the low end of plus size and I still couldn't fit in it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those where it's like a, a real toss up as like what's available. Yeah. Uh, so as far as body, it's like a lot of it is just what's comfortable for you, what works for you. Someone who has like double Ds, it gets harder and harder to bind. And mm. uh, for kings who are heavier with larger chests, it becomes easier in that sense to have like a passing body type while trying to bind because you know heavier men have a chest so you don't have to get completely flat but if you're skinny with huge tits it's impossible yeah and like there are some drag kings who have breast implants and so for those kings they can't bind ever again in their lives really so there's it's kind of one of those really dangerous (laughs) yeah so it's like it's picking what you have and what you don't have depending on what your body allows Mm. yeah it's it's one of those where it's a lot easier to add things than it is to take away so like padding an entire torso. I, I have had a muscle suit before. It was wonderful when it was like 30 degrees outside in Iowa, but any other time of the year, it was a horrible thing to wear. Yeah. I always say drag is a winter sport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like when, when it was getting colder and people were still doing outdoor shows, I was like, this is perfect drag weather. Yeah. I don't care about oh, the audience yeah. at this point. Give them like heat yeah. lamps. Like, this is perfect for us. <laughs> One of my favorite Not coats even. to wear in drag is a fur coat. And so it's like my winter coat to wear. Yeah. Well, and I just did back when it snowed, when it first snowed a couple weeks ago, I did a photo shoot like out in the middle of the street in just mm. a leotard and like a jacket. And everyone was commenting being like, aren't you cold? Like you should, you, you look like you would be shivering out there. And I was like, Honestly, I, that was the most comfortable I've been in a long time. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm, I'm dreading next weekend because I, well, I'm dreading, but also excited because I have a photo shoot that I was booked to help Ooh. a local photographer with. And I'm going to be wearing one of my Western wear shirts and a fishbowl and pretty much nothing else along the lakeshore <laughs> of North, uh, on the, along the lakefront for Lake Michigan. I'm Ooh. like, this is going to be the coldest photo shoot I have ever done. <laughs> But anything for our art, anything, yeah. anything for the picture. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, when I'm in body, when I'm in full body, I wear a steel bone corset, 
um, a mm, bra okay. with, I, I put just a little bit of padding in the boobs. I don't uh-huh. have my hips at all. Oh. Um, and I then I more. wear three, three bo- ha- bottom half shaver. No, four bottom half mm. shapers now. One full like Woo! chest Oof. to knee shaper and then four oh. pairs of tights. So like <laughs> being outside in 20 degree weather is no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> ideal. Well, ideal <laughs> and when I at the point when I had the most shapewear because I was like real self-conscious at one point when I was younger before I realized there are so many different body types for kings I would wear Spanx and then another shaper and then my binder and then I would wear my packer with like a pair of underwear and then I would wear my costume and now that I've had top surgery and I'm over the idea that I have to hide like every curve of my body I'm just like here's a packer here's my nasty pigs I'm done <laughs> makes it so much easier i'm honestly considering just being like you know what guys you know i'm fat i'm just gonna <laughs> just gonna wrap a piece of fur around my shoulders and call it good like yeah <laughs> that's how i like to do drag oh yeah but you make all of your own stuff yeah i do i do now i I like it and I hate it. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> you make some incredible things though. Like I feel Thank like you. every single post is just like I look at it. I'm like I, I'm a designer and I I'm still just like I wish I could make stuff like that. <laughs> and Sig taught herself to sew from some YouTube videos made by a kid. <laughs> I literally taught myself everything about sewing that I know, and the is- the de- the design and the construction just came easily that's that's just as easy as you know that's just shapes that's all I do is just lay stuff out and look at how, <laughs> how it was put together already and it's I love it and I hate it <laughs> I, think the I hardest didn't know that you're part, designer I am I mean well I try uh the pandemic has been killing everything but um oh. yeah I quit my day job back in June of 2019 to start just making stuff and I just make custom stuff um, and it was going great until March of 2020 when <laughs> everything shut up. down. And now it's like one or two outfits a it's month. And I'm like, okay, right guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I feel like people who just in general have good spatial relationship skills, like the people who can look at a critical thinking sheet and it's like a 2D image of a shape. And the, the question is, what shape do these things make when you put it together? that's just that's how designers brain works you just you see something and you're like i can figure that out <laughs> i mean sig oh, does see, my, build a lot just of working, furniture my my brain is just working like a bunch of little like color by numbers shit in here <laughs> critical thinking who <laughs> i do love to build ikea furniture though make it right on that <laughs> Speaking, I think everything oh. is Ikea at this point in our house. <laughs> hey, it could be a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of Ikea and building stuff, you guys are moving into a new place soon and you keep posting yeah. pictures of it. And I'm so jealous. Some of those wallpapers are so stunning. Yeah, the I, uh... wallpapers. <laughs> the peacock wallpaper is so stunning. <laughs> Do you want to hear about how we found this place? Yes. Wait, wait, wait. Let me start. Let me start. Stories. And then you can take over. Okay. Okay. No, um, it's mine. So it started. They <laughs> said, um, we're going to go look at places. I want, they said, I want you to make a list of 
places to go look at a property. It's like, we're going to go look at places. I'm not saying we're going to buy anything. Like, maybe we're just going to go look. And I said, okay. And they made their list. And we went to all of these places. Not great. I made my list. It had one place on it. And we went. And within the first 10 minutes, I had Mick convinced this was the one. <laughs> and then we put, we put an offer down the next day. Oh my God. <laughs> and that offer got accepted a couple days later. But it was all, I saw the listing and I saw the peacock wallpaper and I was like, I got to get in this place. I was like, even if I never live here, I don't give a, I just got to see this wallpaper <laughs> in real life. I just want to know. I need like, like 10 now minutes I'm of that. Be, in that room just to take some pictures and that's all i need in my life right? now how do you feel how do you feel when i tell you that that room with that peacock wallpaper is literally the smallest fucking room in the whole fucking place and it's so tight in there. It's, it's, i mean it's it is bathroom. the office bathroom it's it's, it's the bathroom tiny, off the tiny, room that you tiny bathroom it's, it's yeah. so bitty it's the bathroom <laughs> off a room that used to be the maid's quarters but is now just the third bedroom well, office. I'm going to I'm going to find a way to get get to Chicago once you guys move and be like I'm just going to spend the day Please. in this room. <laughs> hey, listen, if you want it, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what do you what do you all do with your drag? What do you do with your art besides oh. the Instagram? Which I mean, well, is kind of what we're we're all I relegated to at this mine. moment. But. Yeah, I mean, for me. <laughs> I'm wadding mine up and throwing it in a still kind of damp. <laughs> Definitely needs to be washed. That's what I'm doing with my art. Just being rude. Oh, for, for me, drag isn't a career. It's just really a hobby. So for me, my drag is, yeah, it's some about like being out of the bars, being on the stage, having that fun performance. But for me, it's also a lot about community. So I do tend to do a lot of like pride shows, events at schools and libraries and working with young people because that's that's really what I like is and, and this is the thing that I find ironic about the queer community right I'm an attorney I work for a large law firm but zero people invite me to come speak on the basis that I'm in a uh, a high profile attorney in the United States yeah. everyone wants this like trash panda of a drag king to show up <laughs> and, and tell children that life will be okay but but I'm like really really now like the fact that I'm a trans attorney is not enough for you all like I have to be a drag king to get some attention in this country. What's wrong with us? <sighs> uh, <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. I, that, that is honestly so relatable. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I, I basically use Mick as a way to make people know I exist so that I can talk to people sometimes about drag stuff, but oftentimes about things that may not even be completely drag related. Just like talking to like young queer people about binding safely talking to folks about other stuff like that it's it's a platform for me to do a lot more than just perform well after that pretend commercial <laughs> break <laughs> Um, so you were you were talking about being an attorney, and I knew yeah. this about you, but I don't know details. Uh, well, 
what I do is I work for one of the, like the largest law firms in the country. We've got over a thousand attorneys. We're in the AMLA 100. <laughs> oh, Sigourney is on video making fun of me right now. So that's why I'm giggling at myself. Hey, it's exciting. My dad's a judge. <laughs> when am I, I not? Like to throw that around too. So yeah, yeah. Uh, oh anyways. my! <laughs> wow, wow, practice, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> I'm a actual attorney, so that means I don't set foot in the courtroom as long as I don't screw up my job. Uh, and uh, I, I do large commercial real estate transactions, a lot of buying and selling of hotels, franchise stuff, financing, some senior housing, some multifamily. Uh, sometimes I help on like corporate deals, but usually a lot of my stuff has, is like very hotel driven, very large building driven. Nice. Yeah. Oh, the hotels are my favorite things in the world. <laughs> well, and there's I'm so a fan. Much more, I like them. They're so much more complicated been to a couple. than people think. Look- I can imagine. Yeah. I don't know. And I guess the biggest thing about my job is growing up, I thought Motel 6 was like a pretty nice hotel. And I thought Super <laughs> 8s were fancy. Days in oh were God, like yeah. top peak first tier hotels. And now that I work I with hotels, I like more to stay at a Days in. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> what I what I road like tripped across the country from Seattle to New York. That's how I moved here. Is I road tripped in a U-Haul and I stayed at a bunch of hotels and it was like, oh my god, that's the I got only a way credit to do card. That. Oh, oh yeah, god. I got a credit card just so I could stay at hotels and it made me feel so <gasps> adult. I may still be paying off those credit cards. Um, <laughs> but but the feeling of like having all of your drag and all of your possessions in a U-Haul, parking it and being like, you know what? I'm just going to go sleep in Let a bed that you. I don't have to clean tomorrow is the best <laughs> feeling. Although I was staying at places like Days In. <laughs> well, and, and see, growing up, I thought those were so fancy. I thought any place <laughs> with a pool was like the best hotel oh, on yeah. earth. And I'm and like, now that I work with hotels, I'm like, I can't, I can't look back at, that day, at the Days In days and go back to that life. I can't even imagine getting a room at a hotel that's not on, not from like hotel tonight or something like that. Like <laughs> I, I, I do still order through orbits. So don't get me wrong. I trust orbits <laughs> more than the hotels themselves, but <laughs> hotels tonight is the best app ever. I'm not sponsored at all. It's literally <laughs> just an app where it's like hotels will severely discount the amount that they charge because they just want to fill their rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, the last See, time I, I used, used it, I stayed thing. at a double tree, and but that was like the app I used felt so fancy. <laughs> oh, I used to do the same thing, but the app that I used for that was Tinder. <laughs> oh, jeez! <laughs> and I definitely did not have to clean the bed the next morning. <laughs> They're just looking to fill a room, okay? And so am I. <laughs> I mean, you and every gay goes to Fire Island. <laughs> I was literally to told when I someday. right. I was told when I moved to New York that that was how you're supposed to do Fire Island. Is you're not supposed to like find a place to stay. You're supposed to like go there and find someone to hook up with who has a place to stay. Oh, and I was like, yeah, it's I a feel cheap like way to do it. It's saving lack money. Of planning, but the lack of planning, like, but if everyone goes there. In order to do that, who's actually staying on the island? Like, how do you find the I right mean, person? Plus, also, like the me, fun way I would end it. up sleeping on the beach. So, 
And that also sounds fun and dangerous. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can only get sand in a butt crack so many times before you're mm. like, listen, I'm an adult. This isn't happening to me anymore. <laughs> Live like this. <laughs> so, and Sigourney, what do, you, do you do drag full time? What is, what is your day to day? Oh. I would be delighted to answer that question. I am a um, full-time drag queen while also being a full-time trophy wife. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, <laughs> yes. So my day today is laying around eating bonbons and crying into wigs. <laughs> uh, the dream. <laughs> right? Uh, right now no, you I are just... having a lot of laying around though for a different reason. I am. I'm doing a lot of laying around right now. Um, I had a breast augmentation last week, Ooh. so I'm not going to be able to do any lifting or nothing, but i got these to keep me up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I know that no one listening can see this right now, but I'd like for you to imagine <laughs> just to... Uh, <gasps> <sound>. <gasps> <laughs> I mean, it's the, this is why I do podcasts, Ow. so I get to keep all of the images. <laughs> I mean, I am. You I'm honestly things. jealous. I'm honestly jealous. We just watched Drag Race UK last Thank night, you. and they were talking about coming back from their seven month break, and people had gotten pumped and gotten some things done, and I was like. I wish I could have done that over like seven months of quarantine. God damn it. Where is my budget for that? There was there I was wanted an upper opportunity. Lip. Yeah, right. Me too. Well not where I'm headed next. But you know, I had an opportunity that presented itself and uh obviously going and uh getting like an elective surgery during a pandemic is one thing on its own, but I was like, I don't know when this opportunity is going to come again, if it's going to come again. Mm. So I really just had to, you know, seize it and hope that uh, I didn't get COVID, which <laughs> so far so good. But uh, I don't know where the rest of that story was going. I mean, but I'm that's it though. It's, it's like both the opportunity of you having time off and me being able to work from home with no one like having any question about it is very mm. nice. They don't have to know that that was the opportunity. Oh. <laughs> it was the, it was the it was the pot of money that we found. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would love I to be my a leprechaun med- too. I haven't had any. <laughs> I know. I'm like I I would love anybody to be finding pots of money during COVID. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I just want people to be finding pots of money everywhere. <laughs> Sound funny? If only Congress felt the same way. No, like more so than usual. Is my, do I found sound funny? Like my internet keeps cutting in and out. You're a little delayed. I mean, I've been told that before. Same, same, same. Same. same, same. So before we started recording and before we started talking you all were talking about one of my favorite things that i've been desperate to do for so long and that you both played dungeons and dragons oh yeah tell me yeah. about dungeons and dragons <laughs> how did you start that what what do you tell me about your characters tell me all of the things it's, well 
fun. Yes. We started um, with Mickey Mirage started um, doing a streaming session every Sunday on her Twitch channel of Dungeons Dragons. And it's a, a small group of characters, um, myself, Mick, Joe Mama, um, Trashley, Connor Collins. Um, Tons. And it's so fun. And we have all kinds of, sorry. <laughs> not cones, like pine cones i deeply apologize for that don't laugh at me i'm being sincere <laughs> we have a lot of fun we roll a lot of dice we make a lot of bad decisions um the there's murdered too me. much drinking oh no <laughs> i did i did i did murder mix character um it was a half work with shit tons of hit points week. too. <laughs> but it took some work to kill me. It's it's a good time if <laughs> if we get to play again, which I'm hoping we do soon. You'll have to tune in and um, oh yeah, you can watch me uh, slowly brown out over the course of <laughs> two and a half hours. It's My, fun while I'm wearing a wizard hat and it was screaming also, into a champagne flute. It was also a group where we we started out like who knows where we're gonna go, and then we went very very far into the chaotic end, potentially the evil end at times. Uh, <laughs> so so I've got a great character. Yeah, my, my, my char character is a beautiful wizard full of lust named Wishbone uh, that is very hot and very and not <laughs> at the same time, <laughs> mostly because I keep like accidentally almost dying all the time because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> it's so much fun. There's lots of fashion. There's lots of uh, foul language. <laughs> As there should be. My my old character was was basically a character that would copy Connor's character at any time that he could, even though he does not have magic and just generally like. I leaned heavy into the like of mice and men with my half orc, <laughs> and then <laughs> not to put too much on it, <laughs> just a big lean, <laughs> and then uh, with my new one. That, that has made like a minimal debut, kind of joined the party and we'll see if he actually gets some playtime. It's a paladin dwarf who is basically committed to reforming this group of hoosers that have all sorts of issues and basically just kill because they lose their tempers. <laughs> I literally have no idea where we leave off each session when we start a new session because I've just gotten so fucking drunk that I cannot remember anything past the point of me almost dying in game. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't even know, did we play with that character, Mick? No, <laughs> no, we had to spend a whole session having you we guys didn't, decide oh, whether you'd let me join the party. I had to go through like a series <laughs> oh, of trials. Oh, I was gonna kill you, right. I had to go through a series of trials in order to be accepted into I the party. I was gonna kill you. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my character is kind of, my, my new one is kind of fun because I'm doing the is he gay or were they really just friends mm. <laughs> Holy little Samwise Gamgee in there yeah yeah he lives much longer than humans so he had a friend who was a knight a human knight uh, Siegfried Danroy and like they were together for like 60 <laughs> years 
And the question is, was it something or were they just I friends? That what name. was this? <laughs> I I feel like the only people that should play Dungeons and Dragons are drag artists. <laughs> because wow, I agree. Have the but craziest I imaginations and come up with the weirdest things. <laughs> I'm ready for a drag LARPing competition. You know, I think it's time. Count me in. I oh think my God, it's time. Count me in. <laughs> <laughs> the time has come. The, the biggest thing I is think, I to, think we're ready for it. Well, the biggest thing is we'd have to put strict rules on glitter being used in your spell bags <laughs> that you throw at people. No one's going As blind because people it's want it to be necessity. fair. It's a necessity. It's Instead of glitter, required. you just use setting powder so it like leaves little yeah. marks on people. <laughs> <laughs> then you know Listen, if you hit somebody too. Don yeah. your robes, grab your pointy ears, and cast your spells. <laughs> I honestly feel like there would be so much demand for that. I mean, I grew up homeschooled. <laughs> I was a fucking nerd, so I may be biased, but <laughs> I feel like we could get hundreds, if not thousands. Yeah. Of and there's a lot of people who would use this. Well, you know to what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what's going to happen. This is going to be it. This is going to be the thing that everyone's been so worried about happening. This is going to be the big bridge, the gap between the cosplayers and the drag uh, people. I, I keep be. saying. I'm getting all those fucking, those oh. cosplay kids are too, too cool and they're too good. They're too good. They're Thank you for talking so nice about Geek House. We appreciate you seeing us being too cool and too good. I'm, I mean, <laughs> I have started watching more cosplay tutorials on YouTube than I have drag tutorials. Yes. I learn so much. Yes. The, the foam armor, the weapons, yeah. just oh, the I know. Of, like specially programmed LEDs. Like it blows my mind. Yeah, the, the special effects—they're so the good and they're so smart. How do they do it? And my favorite part—they're so committed to the details. Oh, oh my god! You it's know, so satisfying and it's Com so good. <laughs> so drag cosplay commitment to details. I just have to say, I—I ha I have a friend, Dean Demonic, in Minneapolis. I don't know if you've ever seen what they do. But it's mm -hmm. all Dean from Supernatural. <gasps> Whether it's fan fiction or canon <laughs> or their own take on it, it's Dean all the time. I'm looking them up right now. Yeah. Quickly whips out the Instagram search bar. <laughs> uh, it's, Dean, is, Dean is so committed that Dean in their daily life has now is in the process of adopting a horse. So they can basically do cowboy Dean with this horse they're adopting. Oh yeah. my god. god. The, the level of commitment is I actually, far too much. I'm currently finishing up Bones for like the 20th time. And then as soon as I do that, I'm starting um, Supernatural over from the beginning because I like left off in like season six. And now that it's actually like over, over, I'm like, okay, I can catch up and not feel like it's going to go on for the rest of eternity. <laughs> I have seen one episode of Supernatural, to be honest. And it's the one that has Sarah Shahi in it just because I am obsessed with her. <laughs> it's it's not a good show but a lot of pretty people <laughs> that, that's exactly why i watched that episode is i'm like sarah shahi is beautiful i will watch this episode she's in <laughs> <laughs> um so to, to to redirect the conversation a little bit yeah um 
I may or may not have been doing some research on the two of you last night before I went to bed because I was like, I I didn't go that deep. I didn't go that deep. Trust. I, I went to Facebook oh. and maybe clicked a couple links. <laughs> but it's more than I used to oh, do. So I'm no. very proud of myself. Um, <laughs> but I did see Mick I saw an article that you were part of or an interview that you did where you talked about growing up um, as you you were Methodist when you were a little kid oh, and yeah. then your family joined PCSA yeah. I grew up in Christian Missionary Alliance and then basic and then went to a Presbyterian college Whitworth for my undergrad so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and what it was like, what it is like being part of that tradition and then coming out um, as trans while in all of that going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually I actually came out or for the first time as bisexual, got forced back into the lesbian closet because, <laughs> because God forbid there's bisexuals. That's just attention seeking. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and then I like was like, well, I guess, I guess if you can't be bisexual, I guess I like women more than men. So clearly, I must just be a lesbian. Uh, <laughs> and then I, I lived that for a while, and I, I didn't really even know transgender was a thing until I got to college, and I was doing a production of the Vagina Monologues with a couple of trans women. Mm. And by meeting these trans women, I realized I'm like, sometimes like people aren't just what they're born. Like, yeah, sometimes your body parts when you're at birth don't align with who you are. And uh, it was like a steep learning curve for me at that time. And even then it took me like years to kind of come to the idea that I was not a woman versus the idea that I was doing woman badly. Mm. Uh, and, I, and I think that comes down to like a lot of that religious influence that if I just did woman the right way, if I did woman effectively, then everything would feel right. Mm. And even though like the Presbyterian church doesn't expressly have those teachings, it's kind of like ingrained into Christianity that yeah. if you fulfill the role you're set forth to do by God correctly, everything will be right for you. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. And so there was actually a weird time, like when I was in undergrad, where I was trying to feminize myself, where I was like growing mm. my hair out, trying to wear the makeup, uh, even in high school, trying to wear the push-up bras. And then combine that with the, the generation that I was of like not straight female, uh, assigned female at birth people, butch was like a bad thing. Butch mm. was like shit on so hard, especially out yeah. in Utah that like, I was like, well, I can't be a butch. I'm not a butch. I'm not going to be a butch that I like tried so hard to be a lipstick lesbian and I was never happy. Yeah. Uh, and it, it wasn't until I got to law school that I actually had the confidence to say that I wasn't cisgender. Hmm. and talking with my mom about it uh it didn't go well the first conversation yeah. went horribly and, and my mom my mom is a presbyterian pastor she now works at a, at a methodist church as a christian education director uh and she had a hard time with me not being straight too and then she came around over time so hmm. i assume we're still in the coming around over time phase with gender <laughs> as well because it just takes her a bit to get from point a to point b but she does eventually get there yeah uh and so with this one like i've seen some progress the the first time i tried to talk to her about it it went so bad that i won out i went out of there and when i got a tattoo like boom <laughs> i hopped off that phone call and got a tattoo on my leg like 10 minutes later <laughs> uh and then we've talked to her about it since then and it, those conversations have gone better like i've talked to her after the fact about my top surgery and hormones and she hasn't like reacted badly 
but she's really not doing the ally thing. Like she's mm. she's not getting pronouns right or any of that yet. And so she's struggling. Uh, I don't know. I my thing too with like Christianity is I think people skip over the verses that make gender nonconformity normal. Like, mm-hmm. how does God have bosoms, but then use he? Yeah. Like, how is God like the loving mother of all mankind, but then father in the next line? Like, it, God clearly is something more than just his gender, folks. Oh, yeah. Like, it makes me think of, um, I don't remember when the book came out. I think it came out when I was in high school, but there was the book, The Shack. I don't oh, know if yeah. you ever read it. That like caused shock waves because each member of the Trinity there was represented as a different type of person mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit was presented as a woman and everyone was like, how dare you? And it's like, yeah. do you, do you realize that mm-hmm. critical thinking? <laughs> yeah. And, and it's one of those where like, I guess my, my experience with church too growing up was totally different is it's like, I was out, but I wasn't like super loud and vocal. Part of that is growing up in a mining town in Northern Minnesota there's only so loud yeah. you can be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. But I, I had a hard time fitting in with my peers. So I actually spent more time with folks who are 70, 80 uh, at the church. Hmm. So like I, when other people would be hanging out with their friends after school, I'd go over to Sophie's house and we'd have tea together and hang out for a bit. And, and so for me, church was where I found a lot of community and acceptance as, a, as an individual, even sexuality aside growing up. Uh, and, and that's actually part of why I think I stayed in the church as long as I did before realizing I wasn't a Christian, mm. because I knew I didn't believe that Jesus saved me, but I also was like, I'm still a Presbyterian because I love going <laughs> to church and I love singing the hymns and I love all these old people so much. <laughs> and, Listen, and- <laughs> I'm just here to hail Satan, rock and roll and eat pizza, okay? I don't know goddamn anything else y'all gotta say. Yeah, I mean, I was actually just about to ask Sigourney, what is your background in terms of growing up? Did you grow up with religion in your family? Like, what what was that? I mean, I try. (laughs) My gosh. I mean, she's deep in these guts. She's a good, like, Um, Irish Scottish descent person. Yes. (laughs) Gross. I'm just white. Okay. Don't get excited. I'm white. I look decent in plaid. The end. <laughs> and you went, yeah, you went to no. a Catholic school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Y'all, you should ask Mick. He really knows it. I mean, <laughs> I went to Catholic school and then uh, I had to leave Catholic school for reasons. And uh, I went to public school. I had to do all of the stupid ass <laughs> shit and I hated it. It was so boring. Oh my God. I had to do the, I guess like the only thing that was like decently okay. And even then it wasn't, was doing first communion. Cause then everyone got to wear these cute like white dresses and all of, uh, I had like a, an okay white dress, but here's the issue here. They all got to have really cute little white shoes to wear. My feet in the second grade were so goddamn big. I literally like hiccuped and transformed into a woman overnight. Everyone else was wearing like a size four in children's shoes. Meanwhile, my stupid tall ass has to go to a bridal store to pick out a bridal shoe because I'm wearing what? A fucking six and a half in the second grade. That was the only exciting thing that happened. Everything else, the 
confirmation <laughs> the what what else do we get boring done hated it sunday school no thanks i like to sleep <laughs> i tried it. so long to be so cool at church and it never worked and i never Ooh, got why i tried why? going to youth group i was i was part of i don't know if you've ever heard of awana it was it was like a it was a like kids group where you had to memorize bible verses and show up every week and Ooh, recite them to the leaders sounds and like things. i tried so hard to wanna so die church and <laughs> it just never worked and it wasn't until college where i was like oh now i know why it doesn't work <laughs> it's not and for me it's not i, for me. I hated youth yeah. group and i'm like i hated youth group just loved old people and I'm like, when I realized my draw to church was the fact that I liked singing and I liked old people, that kind of killed it for me a little. Yeah, I was going to ask if that Sophie friend that you had for tea parties was your age or not. No, no, Sophie, Sophie but passed I knew away. The Sophie passed away in like 2010. Because she I was think. old. Because yeah, she was no, old. She was very That's old. the answer that needs yeah. to come first. And then, and then Keith died a little Before bit after that. that. And Keith was her husband. But they were Who wonderful. Was also old. These were old people. I mean, I mean, welcome yeah. to the Presbyterian <laughs> Church. I'm I'm half convinced that the Presbyterian Church will disappear in like 50 years because it's mostly our like Older parents folks. and grandparents generation. <laughs> yeah. Adios. I mean, that's that's actually one of the reasons I'm really excited for the new house is it seems like the median age is in their 50s and older. Mm. And so I'm excited to have neighbors that mm, I might actually yeah. want to see. Yeah. See, <laughs> this comes right back to where we started where... I like to be the loudest neighbor in the building. I don't want to hear anybody else at all. Like, I'm going to be annoyed. That spot is for me. I get to be the asshole. I just oh. want to get it to someone oh, else's expensive how liquor collection. This podcast has been. <laughs> no, this, this episode, honestly, has oh. been such a breath of fresh air. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm, and I I'm... truly apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly so sorry. I'm, I'm like i feel like the whole quarantine slash pandemic thing i it's been a roller coaster of like i went into that deep depression when it first started and then i like came up and it was like no i can be i can work i'm great like i'm out of that i can do this i love having extra time to work and then i like went into a depression again and then now I'm like starting to come out of that and I'm finding all of these little bits of serotonin all over the place. And it's just so helpful. <laughs> well, if you want a weird bit of serotonin tonight, you should tune into the show Monarchs that we have oh. that's debuting. <laughs> oh, I, no, I just I, saw Please talk about it. Yes. Yeah. So Whimsy Stiff decided to put together a show uh, that's performers who are all like, uh, uh, are all people who identify on the spectrum and a sensory friendly show. And I made the stupidest video for it. Uh, this will—I mean, this will air after the show, so I can yeah. send you that. Video. Well, and also, it's... also, um, let's let's clarify which spectrum. Oh, oh, ah, um, <laughs> autism spectrum, folks. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, it, it's one of those where it'll be interesting to see because I'm like everyone's so different who's in this first cast mm. of it. So it'll be fun to see the different takes. And with digital drag, it's also interesting to see how different people make videos. Mm -hmm. Some folks lean heavy into just like your traditional music video. And mine is more like, I figured out how a green screen works. How many things can I make <laughs> pop up in this video and have it be funny? I think that's everyone's <laughs> first video that they did with green screen was 
far too much. <laughs> far too much going on in the background. I still haven't done a green screen video and I'm this close to doing one. Oh, let me now tell that you. we have an actual green screen and I'm very Do it. excited. Do it. <laughs> I have Do far it. too much going on in pretty much every one of my videos except the very first one I made because like, I don't know. My, my drag is characterized by whatever makes me happy, I do. And so mm. sometimes that becomes a lot very quickly, but I like it. So I just keep doing it. I mean, if Alyssa Edwards can get away with it, so can we all. <laughs> <laughs> um, now you. that we're, so we're coming to the end of the episode. Um, I like to ask people what advice they would give to other queer people especially right now, I feel like having a moment of like being able to encourage people uh, in our community is really helpful because um, we don't find a lot of encouragement within ourselves and we're all kind of stuck by ourselves. <laughs> Sig, do you want to go? Otherwise I'll do mine because I have the same bit every time. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yes. Sorry, I was water ball spraying my cat who is being a turd. Um, <laughs> but that's not the advice I would say after my long excruciating life full of experience uh, the one piece of advice that I was always told that I never fucking listened to that I listen to now and that I do think is a very solid piece of advice is to be yourself be yourself mm. be yourself because you are never going to be able to be anyone else trust me I've tried <laughs> just be yourself and then everything else everything else is going to fall into place which i feel like is such a hard thing to hear especially as a drag artist because we're sitting here trying right. literally trying to create another mm -hmm. character and finding that that joining of the character in mm -hmm. you it takes so long um but it's so worth finding that sweet spot yep but when it's there it's there you know mm. and it's you can't like you'll never you'll never be satisfied trying to like be something you're not yeah absolutely so you're just mm -hmm. that's it <laughs> <laughs> mick what's your spiel i want to hear it i want to see if i can get it word for word oh yeah you hear this every time because i have so there the oh, this boy. advice comes from someone that one time I was kind of lost and uh, one of my friends who is someone who's far along into, the, into her transition. And when I was just like freaking out, didn't know what to do, she, she said this to me and it sucks so much that every time people are like, what's your advice to like other like LGBTQ folks? And I'm like, this applies to pretty much everyone, not just queer people. Um, be compassionate toward yourself. We spend mm. so much time and energy yeah. being considerate of our friends and our neighbors. If our friends mm -hmm. came to us and told us this big old problem they're having, we would give them so much more kindness than we oftentimes will give ourselves. And so try to give yourself the same patience and compassion that you would give your best friend when they come to you with a problem. Because if, if you could extend that to your best friend, you, you owe it to yourself to give yourself that same, that same respect and same kindness. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard to do. <laughs> I know. See, that's the one that my chemical imbalance says nope <laughs> not you that's <laughs> uh, really 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 good advice absolutely write it down <laughs> put it on your wall wake up every morning looking at it 
Mm-hmm. I wake Extend up and scribble all over the room. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, someone, like, uh, <laughs> Dom said this to me almost a decade ago now. And it just like sits with me forever that it's like, this is like the best advice anyone has ever given me. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I mean, sorry, the wheels just started turning and I was like, okay. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try. Um, <laughs> so while those wheels turn and my brain starts working again, um, where can people find y'all online? How can they support you? Ooh, I like to twirl over the internet. I still haven't gotten into Twitter because I am what? Afraid of confrontation there. And uh, I am on Instagram under Sigourney.Beaver because um, I have to have the dot because the other Sigourney Beaver in California with 400 followers refuses to surrender it to me. <laughs> and you can find me on Facebook under Sigourney Beaver as well. And I have a website, but it's not up. So don't look for that. But maybe someday in like two years, take a peek. <laughs> That's all Perfect. I got. Uh, you can find me on Facebook as McDouche. There's no E on the douche because then it's actually a real name and Facebook won't pull my shit down. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you can find me on Instagram also at McDouche. Uh, if you're like a new drag king looking for a place, we have this group called Drag Kings Unite on Facebook. We have thousands of drag kings from all over the world on there. And I'm one of the moderators for that. Uh, if you're going to be a racist though or anything, don't bother joining our group because we'll take you out and smear yeah. your name. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thank you both so much. It's been so nice to be able to actually like sit down and talk to you. Um, and uh... I constantly look for both of your posts online, like uh, scrolling through Instagram, just trying to find both of you. So thank you for sitting down and talking with me today. Yeah. And thank you all for so listening. See you. You know, it was one year ago this weekend that we came to New York. Oh, oh yeah, it is. It was, and I missed that show, and it made me so It was. Mad oh. Because I wasn't and in what a show town. I, I believe I was in London. Oh. Uh, I think well, that's what happened. Okay. And I was stupid, so. <laughs> that was a crazy whirlwind trip. I think we were in... We were in New York for what was it like 28 hours? Something crazy like that? Yep. Yep. <laughs> it was great. I can't wait to be back. And when I am, I want to see you IRL in a wig. Yes, or please. Just at the bar in face, nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> That's honestly more likely. No, I remember. I will definitely notice you. I remember that show that you did in New York. So you did my roommate, Gina Tonic, show at. Uh, the liberty. Yes, I heard yes. Gina. And I remember I she sent a me a text and she was like, Sigourney Beaver just texted me and asked if she could do a show. Isn't that just a given? <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, Gina's ukulele bits <laughs> right now are just killing me. They're gold. Free shout out to Gina Tonic. Go look her up on TikTok or on Instagram. I think it's Gina Tonic NYC on both. Her, she's just killing it with the ukulele. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. She's a gem. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you for listening, and yeah. we will talk to you all later. Bye. Yeah, but. Thank you yeah, for listening but. to Yeah, But with Vivian Gabor. Tune in next week. Same place, same time.